This podcast is sponsored by Hover, the best way to buy and manage domain names. Please visit Hover.com and use promo code Mockingbird to get 10% off your first order. Welcome to the Mad Men Happy Hour, the officially unofficial podcast for Mad Men on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we're covering Season 7, Episode 6, entitled, I'm tempted to spell it out, The Strategy, uh, just for uh, the emeritus out there. Don't need to spell that, Jim. Just need to pronounce correctly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Unless you're uh, going with the George W. Bush by way of uh, Will Ferrell strategery. I oh, think we're no, safe. no. I don't think Don's ever used that word. <laughs> Not that I've seen. Uh, do we have anything to talk about before we get right into the recap? I'm sad that we got one more episode to go. Sad because we do, or sad that we only have <laughs> one That more? we only have. Okay. <laughs> it seems unreal that... It does. We are down to the wire. I mean, it feels like the story is just now getting going, which I guess is the point of splitting an episode, a, seri- a season into two parts. Yeah, I wonder how they're going to continue it. I mean, this is all, you know, stuff we'll talk about in the wrap-up cast, I'm sure. Yeah, it was all chesty in the preseason cast about, like, oh, this could be a good thing, and we'll get more traffic, and <laughs> and uh, it worked out for Breaking Bad, but it also sucks. Yeah, when, and then you got sad air on. Yeah, you got to wait another year to get another seven more dribbled out. Sitting on the curb with a cupcake in one hand and a <laughs> script in the other. All right, let's get into the recap. Uh, unless you want to talk about what our general thoughts on the episode straight up. It's, I thought is a great episode. There yeah. seems to be a building consensus that maybe this is the best episode since the suitcase. It's definitely a uh, suitcase was like season five. It was a while ago, wasn't it? Four or five. It might four or five. Four. Might've been four even. Yeah. But hmm. I do think that it's kind of like the anti suitcase where Peggy was in Don's role and Don's in Peggy's role. Hmm. Okay. But I, I mean, honestly, the moment where Don and Peggy's dancing is those moments so long in earning are the reason I watch this show. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. That's actually selling the show short. I watch the show for a lot more reasons (laughs) than that, but those payoffs Mm -hmm. that you have to be patient and earn, uh, are the reason that this show is so much fun to watch sure it's so rewarding to watch that you yeah you know if you would watch you know just start watching any two three random episodes you would never guess like why are people so fanatic about the show you have mm-hmm. to invest you really do and it's not even just the dramatic payoffs it's also the comedic payoffs i mean there have been times like pete falling down the stairs is a perfect example sure. we didn't laugh because a guy fell down the stairs sure that was not funny in and of itself but pete falling down the stairs was hysterical and just, I mean, there's like, I laughed out loud with Meredith and her one wink about, <laughs> I mean, that stuff is just yeah, really fun. I think is really funny. Sure. I- I'm with you. This episode was really strong. Um, I feel like there's a couple more big blasts in this episode. Maybe we'll get to them when, when we go through our notes. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's get into the recap. We start off with Pete and Bonnie flying to New York. Uh, at least I think we do. I started my DVR up at six o or at 9.02, 10.02. 
I don't even know when the show airs anymore because I don't watch it real time. Uh, 10.02, I think. So a couple minutes after the episode started, I think. I'm not sure if that's the opening scene or not. Yeah, it's I'm, it's the opening scene. Okay. Then they're flying to New York. Uh, Bonnie wants to meet with Pete's daughter, Tammy, but Pete doesn't want her to. It's apparently, it, it's very apparent in that scene. He's just not ready to introduce Bonnie to his daughter. Uh, and, and probably wants to keep her away from Trudy, more importantly. Yeah, um, no, good. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of that, but it's it's good practice not to uh, spring a love interest on your kids like that, especially a guy like Pete who doesn't get to see her that often anyway. Sure, once a year. <laughs> right. No, I was I was building up a, a liking to Pete. I felt myself, you know, thinking maybe he's not that bad of a dude. <laughs> and... You know, it didn't take 15 minutes into the episode for just kick me in the teeth. First by being delighted with the tiki bar. Oh God! Then his treatment of Tammy and uh, uh, and you know just how awkward that was, and it just got worse when Trudy came home. It oh, just went yeah. downhill fast, and then we got a beer and a cake, and it just mm. just a lot of stuff I can't get behind. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but yes, uh, Pete, Pete has desperately been wanting, always been wanting to join the mile high club and Bonnie obliges him this episode. Yeah. Uh, just a little creepy. It, I mean, in retrospect, a lot of this stuff was horseshit too, because you know, we know that he doesn't get to see his daughter that often. And he's like, you know, I have to spend some of Saturday afternoon in Costco. Yeah. Seeing Tammy. The fact that his girlfriend is the one that thought to buy the Barbie. He's just going to go in there Hey, it's dad. Bye. You know, yep. I, he's. Ugh. Hey, it's dad. Here's a beer in your cake. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Happy beer day. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so then we get a very quick shot of Don putting away his work and setting the table. Um, I, I don't really see the point for this shot. But I okay. think there is one point and one point only. What is that? Because even with this scene, there was still debate about whether Don knew that Megan was showing up to New York, whether it was a surprise visit. This scene establishes, yes, he was expecting her home. Uh-huh. No, I do not think he was expecting her at the office. That, okay. And, and so, so Wiener shot five seconds of B-roll of Don just getting all his work shit and putting it away and putting back the girl shit. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, show a standard husband trying to get his bachelor pad ready for his <laughs> woman to return. Did he get the bottle of Canadian Club off the living room floor? <laughs> Did he rub off the marks on it so she doesn't know how much he's been drinking? Yeah, no kidding. Um, then Joan leaves for work with her mother in charge of her son. Uh, just to, you know, another quick shot of her her leaving, and her and mother I, says, oh, you're wasting away to nothing. And, and I disappear. think the, the establishment of that is just reminding us how annoying her living situation is. Sure. So just in case so you So that forgot, she might be tempted to leave with Bob just in case, on. Just in case you forgot you could be aware of what a salvation Bob's offer on certain levels could be. Sure. Then Pete shows off Bonnie at the office. Uh, she kind of comes in first and, uh, I think Bonnie shows her own damn self off. Yeah. Pete wants to show her off at the conference room, but she says, no, I'm, I'm going to take off. She goes and says, how you doing, Don? <laughs> yeah. Uh, her and Don had met before. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did they meet? I can't remember exactly. At the office. That when, At the office. I think it was in the first episode, Don went to the office in Las Vegas, and Pete was showing him around. Los Angeles? 
What did I say? Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, did they move again? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. That in Las Vegas. God damn it! Did it again <laughs> in Los Angeles. Uh, she stopped by and was trying to show him properties, and she instantly went into salesgirl mode. Oh, uh, that's right. Okay. Pete, maybe a little threatened. Yeah. Not, it, I don't. I don't think sin- seriously. I think he's just thrilled with the idea that he thinks maybe he's got a woman that Don Draper would potentially be interested in. That might be new oh, yeah. for him. Yeah, I mean, this is clearly... He, he's punching above his weight here. He wants to show this girl Way off. Way above. <laughs> off at work, so... And and not just... Well, I mean, I don't know. He's he's had good-looking at least whores before, and you can't mm-hmm. uh, say what you will about Trudy. She's played by Alison Brie. Sure. Uh, and I think Trudy is fantastic. But she's she is some kind of woman. I mean, we've seen her... Uh, be very competent and the type of guy that the type of girl that Pete should be attracted to and worried about letting go. Yeah. Uh, so then Pete brings Don into the Burger Chef meeting, and everyone is kind of surprised by that. No one expected him to be there. And then after Peggy's presentation, Pete asks what Don thinks about it, which puts her off quite a bit. Uh, and puts Lou off as well. I mean, nobody in this room wants Don there except for Pete. Yeah, but by the end, it seems like Lou is really happy with the work because it's right in his <laughs> square 1950s wheelhouse. Completely. And, I mean, that just... It, there's such a distinction between Lou and between the way that Peggy and Don are feeling this episode and Pete himself uh, by the end of it that it, it's just such a stark contrast Oh yeah, between this guy who is their boss and is applauding work that Peggy knows is no good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, it, that's the thing. I don't, we think... can talk. Yeah. Okay. We can talk about whether or not the work is actually good or Peggy just thinks it's not, but uh, we should maybe bring that up later. <laughs> I do think uh, the other thing I want to notice is watching Don enjoying watching Peggy work. Mm-hmm. Like there is a real satisfaction to him watching her pitch this idea. And I, I, I'm just going to go and throw my hat in the ring. Is I don't think this is, this is not a terrible campaign. This is a good campaign. This is not the best campaign they can come up with. Yes. That's the problem. Yeah. And that's what's eating at Peggy. Uh, okay. It's so funny, the injection of Don, you know, if Don weren't in here, as much as Peggy has been pissed at him, they would have gone ahead with this and maybe it yeah. wouldn't even be as good as this. And Lou would be like, Hey, the work's done. Ship it off to the client mm-hmm. with Don. She's got a person there like, yeah, yeah, the, definitely the work can be better and we should make it better. Even Stan yeah. doesn't have, care that much. I'm, I'm hesitant to get too deep into this yet. Uh, all but right. Sorry. I'm baiting you. I know. I know. Cause bait. there's a very strong family theme running through this episode. Um, and it's, it's pretty obvious. But it doesn't it doesn't quite hit home yet. I mean, it doesn't hit home till the very end. But the pieces haven't started to be assembled yet. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because okay, let's go. Let's go on. Okay, I'm going to continue to debate you, and we're yes, going to just are. debate something that happens thirty minutes from now. Okay, so Roger's accosted, or not really accosted, but he's he's, he's propositioned. <laughs> There's yes, some foot tapping. There was a wide, especially wide stance. Oh God. Uh, by Jim from McCann. Jim, I forget his McCann last name. McCann Erickson, yeah. Something starts with an H. Hobart? Hobart? I don't give a shit. Okay. He works for McCann Erickson. Yes. Uh, in the steam room about Buick and Burger Chef. He kind of questions. Um, he, he hears that they're working on Burger Chef. He hears about Commando. 
Uh, Commander. Commando. <laughs> Here's Mando. their filming Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, no, Commander Cigarettes. President Camacho. <laughs> and uh, he asked about Buick there. Uh, something about Buick. Uh, he talks about exactly there. He's got that. You got that new XP car. It's cute, but it's no Buick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's some. What is what is uh, McCann or I guess Jim doing in this scene? So there's what's two the, questions. What is he actually doing? Yes. And what does Roger think he's doing? Sure. Roger thinks that he has heard about this Philip Morris thing. And he's been talking to the people the, with the commander brand, and that John, no, nah, I'm sorry, John Ham, Don Draper is radioactive around tobacco. Sure. We also know from previous episodes and from previous seasons that mm-hmm. McCann Erickson has had the hots for Don yeah. for a long time. I think Roger sees this as a fairly transparent attempt to get Don on the cheap. Sure. Hey, they need to get rid of Don. You got to get rid of this guy. I know you have to get rid of him. Yeah. So let's make an arrangement. And uh, Roger just shines him on in hilarious fashion. The whole yeah, yeah. New York Athletic Club frowns <laughs> on people making advances in the steam room. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have to go get a massage to relieve all this tension. Yeah. Classic Roger. Great stuff from Roger. Um, yeah. So that that is fairly straightforward text in the episode. The, then there's... What do you Another think scene he's later. doing? I think that's exactly what he's doing. Okay. I think later... I, um, well, maybe we should talk about what he's actually doing then later. That's fine. Because there we don't have... We, we're considering from Roger's point of view. Yeah. And right now, Roger doesn't have all the information. Mm. I, I think that, yes, he is definitely after Dawn. Mm-hmm. But I think he's trying to make Roger think it's about Philip Morris because that's something that they, that maybe he thinks it's obvious that they need to do, get rid of Don, to camouflage the fact that he's worried that SCNP is going to steal Buick from them and that they yeah. need to get Don Draper uh, to, to, to blunt that news. Just like at the end of the episode when they lose XP – they're like, oh God, we got to change the story. We got to get this about the computers and make Harry Crane a partner. Very similar to how Don made partner, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and you know, way back in ancient Madman history, I think that uh, McCann Erickson was wanting to get Don as a trophy to like either tell Chevy that or, or slash. Now GM, they don't have the muscle to get yeah, their we, campaign we, stuff. Yeah, don't don't pull this away from us. We just got this big coup. Uh, SCNP had to get rid of him because they're going after tobacco, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly possible if if the guys who are currently manning, managing Buick um, have maybe leaked some information about Bob's new position, who knows right. where that information has traveled. Yes. Uh, but we'll we'll also get to that. Um, Pete tells Peggy that he thinks Don should deliver the Burger Chef presentation, but that it's her decision. She's going to make the call and she finds out that Ted's on the phone, which startles her a little bit. Startled me too. I was like, where's that voice coming from? No, I think it's funny that it's almost like everyone forgot that he was actually on the line. That's how irrever- yeah, yeah. Irrever- irrelevant, irrever- irrelevant, irrelevant. Yes. Irrelevant. Yeah. He was. Uh, it's also like you walk into a room. If nobody says that someone is on that little magic box on the table, 
You don't know. Yeah. yeah right? I'm on spe- yeah, it I'm looks the same. With the person you're talking about, you're talking shit about. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Yeah, uh, at least she didn't say anything bad about Ted. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Pete's oh, God. proclamation of Peggy as she's ever been as good as any woman in this business. Hard glass ceiling. Yeah, yeah, and she doesn't. She doesn't like that at all. That's damning with qualify, qualifying. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think she's every bit as good as any man in the business as well. No, really. She's the part. She is among the best in the business, period. Yeah. Saying because woman, she's come up under Don Draper. Saying. Tutored her. Saying that qualifying that with a woman is just, well, it's just <laughs> Pete, being, <laughs> is Pete being grimy. Here, I got something else that's grimy of Pete. Oh? Drinking rum and loving the tiki bar. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and apparently uh, Lou's trying to throw his wife under the bus, blaming the Tiki mm-hmm. Bar fiasco on her. No, no, sorry, man. At some point, that thing was wheeled in the door, and you said, yep, <laughs> put it right over there. And that's the point you became the fucker, Lou. Yep. Don't try don't try to push that off on your wife. That's that's beneath even you. I mean, the man, the man finds new way of expressing his asshole. With the Tiki Bar? He's like a yeah. vet. That's squeezing a dog's anal gland. He's got finding all new ways to express his asshole. Wow, you've lost me on this you, analogy. Hey, you, as not being a pet owner, uh-huh. you are have no idea the horrors of expressing anal glands. Wow, you're right, I don't. Uh, so Bob comes into the office with Jack and Bill from Chevy. And they meet briefly with Ken and then Joan, whom Bill flirts with. And then Bob sets up a sun date with Joan. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was hilarious, Ken, talking about his kid. Yeah, you got to yeah. keep an eye on him. And the Chevy execs were all kind of... Because these are the same fuckers that led to his eye being uh-huh. gone, right? Yeah. I and mean, that eye is not coming back at this point. It doesn't it's seem been like it. months. And, and it always seemed like they, like they never felt bad about anything they did to Ken. They always just constantly kept picking on him until the eye thing. And then they were like... Ooh, that was a little too far. Oh, when you give a man a permanent disability? <laughs> yeah. Un- unlike almost certain hearing damage from having a gun sure. go off right by your ear, this is something you can actually see. Yes. Yeah. This isn't some bullshit like losing hearing. This is a guy's eye. Yeah, yeah. Got put out, apparently. So it's I like hor- that he rubbed that in with a little reference. No, it's, it's horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. Poor Ken. All you want to do is write science fiction. Yeah, so it looks like Bill's trying kind of hard to... Cover up his uh, true proclivities, I guess. He sure is. He's flirting uh, hard with Joan. In fact, I thought we might have a an herb, a herb situation here. Oh, yuck! But it was just a uh, beard slash camouflage. Yep. So then Peggy, te- uh, excuse me, Peggy tells Don that he should give the Burger Chef presentation, and <laughs> uh, Don is excited. I think for a couple reasons here. And he plants he the con- idea of a different pitch in Peggy's head. He was head. Ca- cons- Costanza level excited. Yeah. Like slapping his hands. I'm back, baby. Uh, Summer of Don. It's a little unseemly how excited he was to be back. You're Don Draper. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I think he's excited about, because he drops the, the pitch idea in Peggy's head. And I think he kind of sees like her go, hmm, okay. And walk out the door. So he's a little excited that he got to drop that in there. But he's also very excited about being as you said, back. Yeah, I think he's definitely excited to. And also, her she continues to be humiliated because he right away says, "Who idea is whose idea was this?" Uh huh. Like, 
number one, correctly realizing that this isn't her idea and she's trying to soft pedal it as her uh-huh. idea. And also there's a little bit of light misogyny that he's suggesting that, you know, the woman didn't come up with this idea. This must have been from one of the men. Hmm. Yeah. There's a whole lot there and her face says it all. She's in super annoyed by how all this is going down. Oh yeah. Um, not just at the idea that uh, Pete doesn't respect her, I guess, as a as just a generally good ad person, um, but also the idea that Pete is shoehorning Don into this process here where Peggy doesn't want him to be. Uh, it, all of this is on the back of Pete Yeah, this episode. There's also an interesting thought on Reddit that, about how next level the idea of thinking about what the kids would think and marketing towards children Mm, yeah, that yeah. was still kind of unheard of. The people hadn't tapped into the whole Saturday morning cartoons, afternoon cartoons, get the kid happy in, meal type stuff. Get yeah. the kid in the parent's ear and how much that sways the pocketbook. Sure. Like, kids don't have money. Why would you want to market to them? But <laughs> kids, parents do. yeah, kids can certainly spend parents money. Oh yeah. Uh, I really like the, the line near the end of this, where she tells him to just hit the tag like you thought of it, like you just thought of it. And he's like, oh, do I do that? Yeah, right. Well, of course you do that, Don, <laughs> and you yeah. know it. Uh, then Peggy sees Megan, who's in the office to surprise Don, kind of, kind of surprise Don. They catch up briefly, and then Stan comes in, and they catch up a little bit, and then her and Don go off to lunch. Uh, there's a moment at the very beginning where Peggy first sees Megan and goes up toward the secretary. I don't remember her name. But she says, oh, I didn't even know Don was married. Right. And Megan's got a look on her face like, Don doesn't talk about me at all. No, it's, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. There, a lot of, a lot of uh, subtext and text going on describing the disintegration of the Draper's marriage. In fact, oh, yeah. it's, it's a done deal. There's no way we end the series of them t- them together. They always have these moments where they try to be happy, and Don's having a couple of those this episode. I think they genuinely enjoy each other's company, and there's definitely attraction and affection and even love there. Mm. They're just two trains going on opposite yeah. sides of the tracks, and they're just getting further and further apart. That's yep. the problem. I mean, sometimes... I mean, that's very obvious by what Megan says later with her wanting to see Don somewhere where there's nothing else going on. Right. And like I said, there's, you know, relationships need a lot of the work. I mean, it's got to be chemistry. It's got to be hard work, but there's also a lot of timing and luck and sure. being in the right place in the right time that, you know, I, it, it seems like that this relationship has been on a downward spiral ever since she decided she didn't want to be an ad woman. Yeah. Yeah. And for the Don Peggy shippers, <laughs> I think that is the path forward for Don and Peggy. Oh boy! All right, we'll get to it. We'll get to it uh, to the the uh, dulcet tones of Frank Sinatra later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a moment with Stan where he's like confused about why Peggy's mad. Are you mad at me? She's like, no. She's just she's kind of confused and just ruffled this episode. Yeah, they seem like an old married couple. <laughs> like, wait, are you mad at me? Like the fact is, like, I didn't even realize. Yeah. Or and no, there's nothing wrong. Yeah. And then the whatever and walking away. <laughs> yep. So then Cutler comes up and asks Roger for his help with Commander. Tells him, you know, stop thinking about Don. Start thinking about the company. A little obnoxious pat on the shoulder as he walks away. Patronizing. Mm. You got Cutlered. I don't like that guy. 
Nah, it's funny. I really started out like liking him, and I remember talking last season like, "Oh man, Cutler and Roger strutting around this company as if they own the place <laughs> because they do." The how awesome that would be. Yeah. Who saw them being natural adversaries? I couldn't have. It's 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 Cutler's damn competitive streak. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know where exactly that came from. It doesn't feel like it emerged out of anything concrete. Well, since I'm an S, I'm a Sterling Cooper guy, mm-hmm. so I want to talk shit about Cutler. Go for it. Roger has done very little in his life, and is very well aware of it on a deep, yeah. fundamental at his balls level. Mm-hmm. But we also know he's probably selling this stuff short because he's actually, when we've seen him on his game, he's surprisingly good at it. Sure. And he's really good at making his connections and working deals and, you know, being an ad man. I think Cutler's the opposite. Cutler is deeply in denial about what he does and how valuable he is to the company and how good he is at his job. And, you know... Roger does this shit easy. Like, Roger... Color to Roger is like Pete to Don. Pete has to work (laughs) 110% to keep up with Don taking naps. Mm -hmm. And that pisses Cutler off. And Cutler is like a clear history of trying to uh, steal other successes and push off his failures on others. I mean, we see it in this episode. How many times in this season alone... Has he tried to stake out Chevy as a CGC victory? Yeah, yeah. But and now to turn it around and say Roger's failure. It's Roger's yeah. failure. Such bullshit. And Roger points it out in a in a very Roger way, just oh, a yeah. quick one liner, but Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I the more time goes by, the less I like Cutler. Yep, it's it's sad. But uh Harry Hamlin really good job at playing a smarmy asshole. Sure. So then out of the blue, Bob Benson gets a call in the middle of the night and he goes down to uh the jailhouse and gets bill who tried to fillet an undercover officer out of jail i wonder what the uh radio code for that is <laughs> i don't know i don't know what the number is uh did you see this coming at all i'm still thinking i of, certainly didn't but a 10 6 or bj in progress <laughs> request backup uh did i see bill being a closeted gay man. No, yeah. I did not. Neither did I. Probably the point. Yeah. Man in the late 60s, early 70s, probably really good at uh, being in that closet. Yeah, you have to be. And then he gets to New York City and there's just so much temptation. And apparently yep. the cops are just fucking pricks about this stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, do we want to talk a little bit about the timing of this episode? Sure. So we know that... Frank Sinatra's My Way came out in, I believe, June 15th. It's either 14th, 15th, or 16th. We only know that because we looked it up, not because oh, yeah, no. of our fantastic memories. No, no, no. Yeah, we <laughs> just had that in our at our fingertips. Yeah. These Stonewall riots, which are the, um, the birth of the modern homosexual rights movement, mm-hmm. uh, where the gay people got fed up with these bigoted police attitudes and overzealous I, prosecution and, and there the, were laws on the books prohibiting people from being gay and if you were found yeah, yeah, no. to I be mean, gay you could be arrested and prosecuted right like, no it's it's terrible all the way around not it's, just like this ominous sense of persecution it was like 
there's, on the books. Yeah, there's teeth to it. And, yeah. you know, all this official and, like, all these things and all this hassling. And it finally erupted and on June 28th. And the Stonewall was a, a hotel with a bar, I believe, that was actually owned by the mafia. But it was yeah. a known uh, gay hangout. Uh-huh. And the police raided it. And guys had enough of the bullshit. And there was a big riot over it. So... We've often had a connection, like, will we see Sal again? Will we see Salvatore? Mm-hmm. Will we see Bob Benson? And people have always said, well, maybe with the Stonewall riots. We're somewhere within the two-week range of that occurring. That would be a very small jump in time for the next episode. Yeah, but I don't think it's a coincidence that Bob Benson is back and we're no. suddenly addressing these homosexual topics again. My question is, do I think the wiener sees this heavy handed police officer, you know, calling them saying that your boyfriend, your girlfriend and ladies and just being an asshole. Does he see that as enough of a Mm. nod towards the Stonewall riots that he doesn't have to spend time showing that do we so and i was really hopeful of seeing bob and seeing sal well we see we've seen bob now are are they going to come back a week you know is is joan rejecting him going to have him out on the streets giving in temptation that's getting wrapped up in this uh that was going to be one of my questions it seems like that's not very madman of madmen but Uh, because they don't like they they do like to hint and they do like to say okay this is the time that this episode is taking place and these are the things happening around these characters, but they never put a character in like Bob Benson is not going to go to the stone wall and get arrested with yeah. a bunch of other people. I mean, it's, that's not the type of show we that have. We've, we've heard about riots. We've seen the assassinations. We've never had anybody yeah. in there, exactly. which is another chalk against the Sharon Tate. You know, maybe sure. that happens and that freaks out Megan. Uh, there's some speculation that that murder is going to shock and scare her moving back to New York. Mm. Sure doesn't seem the way the leaves are blowing in this episode. I do think that this Buick thing is going to blow up in SCP's face. And there's, uh, and also in the Don's face, uh, I think this Burger Chef thing is going to blow up in Don's face. It wouldn't surprise me if we come back and the Buick thing has been scuttled because Bob got picked up in connection with these riots. Yeah. Can't hire an executive as a homosexual. This jeopardizes the whole thing with SCNP. Sure, and especially the hint that it, they, he says he's never been arrested yeah, for that's, it. I mean, that's that's pretty heavy-handed foreshadowing, I think. And he did, I didn't see him knock on wood. No, no. I have no to go back with, with subtitles to see if there was a knock-knock, but that's, that's uh, never. You don't want to jinx stuff like that. Yeah, there, there's also, you kind of hinted at it here there's a line that says my wife understands thank god when bill is talking about um getting arrested uh and calling in sick the next day uh do you think that comment is partially what incites bob to later oh propose yeah. to joan what am i an asshole <laughs> okay we've been yeah that's just that's, making sure that's total you can almost see the beep. yeah 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 his eyes get real big in that scene he's like oh Right, the, the no. Buick thing, and oh, yeah, your oh wife God, I'm gonna be an executive. And... I need a beard. Yeah, need exactly. to go beard shopping. Yep, he went shopping all right. Uh, so Peggy wakes up in the middle of the night because she's bothered by Don's suggestion that there's another angle on the Burger Chef pitch. Maybe not a better angle, just another angle. Yep. Um, but she wakes up, looks through some work, and then throws it on the floor. I think she had trouble sleeping in a Pepto Bismol bottle <laughs> myself. Yeah, that's a. Beautiful nightgown, Peggy. Uh, Peter arrives at his old house. His daughter doesn't want to see him, and Trudy isn't home. 
That's his sad. daughter, yeah, his daughter. So sad. I mean, his daughter clearly knows who he is and understands him, so that's why she doesn't want Does to see she? him. So I that's don't... why she doesn't want to see him. Uh. <laughs> I was making a joke there. No, I, I think she hasn't seen her father in so long, she barely even knows who this man is. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, but such is Pete's life. <laughs> I remember at being at one kid's... You do it to yourself. One kid's birthday party, and he had an absent father, and the absent father decided to make a phone call, and the kid didn't. He's like, hey, buddy, it's your... and and the kid's like, who, who is this? Wow. And I'm like, man, that is incredibly sad for everyone yeah. involved. Absolutely. Uh, you also mentioned he's scared of that jacket. Oh, yeah, could definitely be scared of the How dad. the fuck... Is that kind of plaid ever a thing? Like, some things, you know, come out of style, come into style. Uh-huh. But not. E- I don't even think Don Draper looks good in that shit. No, although I do like Don's gray and orange suit with his gray and orange tie. That was pretty sweet. Uh-huh. Later when he goes into Lou's yeah, yeah, office yeah. where but, Peggy uh, He is. tried to rock a plaid, I think, at Megan's party. And it, they did. just they yeah. look like a children's television host. <laughs> <laughs> or a low rent birthday clown. Yeah. Without or their like they they've a they've, used car salesman. Yeah, or... they've they've washed the makeup off their face, uh-huh. but they still got the costume on, the floppy shoes. <laughs> I, I I don't understand how that ever like designers like that bolt of frag of fabric, I want to cut that and turn it into something that people wear. Yeah. It's terrible. Plaid is terrible. And I don't even know where that bolt of fabric belongs. And again, it's that. I think there's good-looking plaids, and plaids sure. can be okay in certain situations. That kind of plaid is terrible. Yeah, it's horrific. It should never. I mean, it needs to be buried in some vault out in Nevada and never <laughs> seen again. All this right. is my opinion. Let's move on. Don wakes up to Megan on the balcony setting breakfast, and they kind of share a a peaceful, loving moment before sitting down for food. Yeah, Don wakes up, and he seems, first of all, I think this is like third episode this season. He wakes up in a non-vampire pose. Mm, he's face down, just like ass up. That's the way he <laughs> likes to nap. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he looks up and he's got a genuine like. That's girl's all right. Look at her making breakfast for me. She's back in New York. I got my girl here. Well, that's where he likes her. That's the that's the weird thing. He just wants her at home, right? Bent over breakfast table on the balcony. I don't know about bent over a breakfast table, but he he wants her at home. He doesn't want her out in L.A. pursuing her crazy acting career, right? True. No. Yeah. Right. So this brings back the fond memories of when she was doing yeah, the ad was, work with him. He was this dar- uh, talented rising star ad girl. Yeah. That everybody was in love with, including him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's not that anymore. We'll we'll get to that later. Peggy calls Stan from Ginsburg's office and tells him that she doesn't like the Burger Chef pitch. Peggy is a office nomad in this episode. Yeah, she just ranges all over the place. I thought that was interesting. And this is Saturday, I think. Yes, it has to be. Okay. Also, did I? I don't think we touched on this, but when Megan talked to Stan. She mentioned about how Ginsburg's doing, and Stan mentioned that he had visited them. And I think he yeah. said that it, it somehow implied that this was like two to four weeks after. Hmm. Okay. Because we, this is the first episode that we've had a nice con- concrete date pinning. Like people emailed me in about the Eisenhower funeral. That actually happened back in March, which we hmm. know we advanced past that in several episodes ago. So 
it's topical as far as cartoon reference, as far as Scout's Honor, but it's not topical as far as it giving us very good precision. This, we're down to a two-week window. Yeah. Um, I forget where I was going with that. Uh, just how long it's been uh, ah, since yes. Peggy, or since Stan has visited. Peggy's avoided going to see him. Apparently so. What'd you make of that? Uh, she was pretty disturbed by what went down. Uncomfortable reminder of her own stint in the mental ward? Hmm. Maybe so. Uh, she's still got to live with the computer. She doesn't want any of the uh, true. Any of those tendencies running rubbing off on her. Mm. So Pete then brings Tammy home, um, but Trudy has gone out again. Mm-hmm. Nowhere to be found. Tammy's got chocolate all over her face. Yep. When in doubt, sugar the kid up, <laughs> and then bring her home to the nanny. Yeah, uh, canceled on Bobby's O Calcutta. Yeah, Broadway he calls date. Bonnie to tell her that he can't make their date. Uh, oh, Calcutta. A lot of nudity in that one. Don't know anything about it. Uh, it's an off-Broadway review. That's all I really care to So it's kind of like into. a Las Vegas-style showgirls thing? Uh, a little bit. There's music and dancing and, and a lot of stripping. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. But not just boobs. There's dicks. There's really? ass. There's vagina. It's the full Monty. They're doing, uh, you know, like uh, the... The uh, Charlie Chaplin, the helicopter, the propeller. Oh, Jesus. Probably. There's probably like, some of that going like, on. Like the, uh, was it, what is it, the Rockefeller girls? Or what's the the ones that they do the leg kicks? The Rockettes. Okay. It's yeah, the Rockettes, yeah. only with a different appendage. Yeah. The Rockefeller girls. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Francis is right up there in that, teaching them how to kick. Uh. uh. <laughs> All right, so got to get his graces back to Rocky somehow. Maybe he's teaching the the meat spin. <laughs> no, guys, it's like this. All to the left. Come on, come on. All right, Don gets a call from Peggy, who uh, is angry that Don questioned the work, and I, I'm not sure if she even understands exactly why she's angry about it at this point. Right. Um, but she says it's it's the whole thing is poisoned, and it's because you've expressed yourself. Yeah, I mean, this. she's gotten soft under the soft hand of Lou. Yeah, Lou will take any work. Any work is good enough for Lou. Lou's the garbage disposal. He can take anything but a good pitch. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he is the monkey with the plunger. He just, you know, you, you pile shit in that toilet and he'll make it go down. Yeah. Uh, I think while Betty, or not Betty, Peggy is refreshed that have someone that's actually challenging her work. It's also kind of annoying. It's like, sure. God damn it, I got to put on my track shoes and run again. You got to work a weekend again. Yeah, what the fuck? I was out of here by 3 o'clock on Fridays. If I even came in on Fridays. Yeah. I was napping and taking watching movies. Yeah, and I think she's also frustrated with herself in that regard. Like she knows she could do better work. Yeah, she's shifted into late career Don Draper mode when she's still an up-and-coming Don Draper timeline. Yeah. Yeah, it's too yeah, early for and, her to downshift like that. And also, she has something to prove. I mean, not just in, in the fact that she's good, but in the fact that women can be good at this job. Mm-hmm. She's she's not just got herself writing on this. It's it's a bigger reputation. She's crash through that glass ceiling. Definitely. Um, and she's not going to do that with Lou as her boss, accepting subpar work. I like I like how Don. I wish I could handle all my interactions the way Don does. How so? The, you call Don with a face full of static. He just doesn't care. Good <laughs> to hear from you. All right, do it over with. <laughs> Click. I mean, yeah. I wish I had. It's like 
obviously I can't solve this problem, so why did you call me sort right. of thing? Right. But he dismisses you in a way that's, okay, talk to you later. And I feel like if you had the balls to do it, you would get away with that 99% of the time. Sure. If people realize that, yeah, I just called them for no reason. Well, not just, just that. Even if they call you for a reason, if you just were basically kind of uh, dismissive and putting, you know, not rising the debate, taking a moral high ground, and basically like, I see you're angry. I'm not going to get angry just because you are. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Again, there's a lot. There's a lot to admire about the monster that is Don Draper. Speaking of getting angry, it's time for Pete to get angry. Oh boy! And Speaking of monster, yeah, Trudy comes home to a drunken Pete in her kitchen, and he accuses her of he's had half of that beer, <laughs> and he's out of control. I assume he's had more than just that one, but eh, maybe who knows? He accuses her. It of, wasn't a light beer. He's not prepared for that kind of wattage. <laughs> of dating other people, uh, calls it immoral. And she tells him he's not a part of this family anymore. Not only that, okay, there's so many different ways she could have called bullshit on this. It's like, where is the whore that you flew in on? (laughs) Literally. Yep. You were on her when the plane landed. (laughs) Uh, You know, you, you, this, this, go say hi to the neighbor girl that, you know, you fucked up two different marriages over. I mean, we this isn't the first time we've seen hypocrisy. Don was all like this with Betty. Sure. Uh, Don's like this with Megan, too, when she's had to smooch a dude. I mean, yeah. the hypocrisy of these guys, it's staggering. Yeah. The entitlement. The entitlement that they can fuck whatever that they can. Mm-hmm. But she goes out on a date, which he doesn't even know. He's just assuming that yeah. my read is that she just wanted to be out of the house to avoid any awkwardness with Pete. I thought so, too. She does come back kind of dolled up, though. Yeah, but that's Trudy. Yeah, that, good point. I mean, well, she's not going to go shopping in sweatpants. I mean, this is Trudy. She <laughs> I mean, goes she's out. She's not going in sweatpants, sure. I mean, uh, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's just my that's my take on it. And I think uh, Pete's an asshole, and he yes. beard her cake, and that was not cool. No, not cool at all. And these these are these are the fruits that he has reaped and sown. Well, it just shows how selfish he is, right? I mean, like you said, he wants it all when she can't have anything, and then to smash a beer in your daughter's cake. Yeah, that's just a dick move all around. Yeah, that just shows I don't care about this family. You think it's because I I don't. I don't know what the cake was for. I assumed it was for some kind of celebration. Why do you, else do you bake a cake? Do people just bake cakes? I don't know. I'm not a cake baker. Neither am I. I didn't even know what that rum kai shit was that we got a bazillion yeah, emails Ru- about. <laughs> Everyone in the world except for us knew what a progressive dinner and what rum key. What is it? Rumaki. Yeah. Rumaki is. I, I had no idea. I still, I, I know a lot of people told me I should be ashamed to not know what it is. I still don't really know what it is. Uh, we'll talk about it in the feedback, I'm sure. Okay. We got a billion emails. We did. I think I distilled it to one blazing hot, white okay. hot star. Good. Um, well, let's move on. Bob shows up at Joan's apartment, and everyone but Joan gets a gift. Uh, there's Bob. Saving the best God for last. damn it, Bob is a suck-up. He's sweet. He's more than sweet. I mean, the, the creepy Bob vibe is coming back for me. I mean, when he shows up and he's like, she, she, her mom's like, well, should I bring the stroller? And he's like, I'll carry him if I have to, and I'll carry you if I have to, and Joan, all on my back. No, he's for sure a tryhard. <laughs> It's so over the top. Uh, but that's Bob. That is Bob. Then we go 
to uh, Megan, who's looking for her old stuff because she misses it. And she tells Don that she wants to see him somewhere where there's nothing else going on. This newspaper, the beginning of this, was super confusing to me. Because I know it's not 1963. Really? And maybe, I know JFK just, was not just maybe assassinated. Maybe became an episode of Lost. <laughs> the Twilight Zone or something, yeah. Uh, was that just in the closet? Is that something that Megan pulled out and it happened to be in there? Well, we are referencing a lot of closeted gay men. Uh, <laughs> so I think this is a reference because I knew that the Kennedy assassination was tied up around the time that Don and Betty broke up hmm. in, in reading other people's takes. It seems like that weekend was the weekend where everything went down. Oh, okay. So this is yet another ominous Draper, dis, uh, Draper marriage to disintegrating kind yeah, of yeah. flashing lights. This is a warning sign. Uh, especially since that was brought out in her rummaging to get her personal effects to take back to Los Angeles. In effect, yeah. their lives are getting further apart. Yes. And further That's uh, very much compartmentalized. Very much the vibe I got from this scene. She's taking her stuff because she misses it. I mean, she wants to have... It, it feels like she's taking everything that means anything out to Los Angeles. Um, and Don's left, you know, in New York. Question, can Megan do a thing without looking sexy? No. I've, I mean, I've seen her crying in bed looking like I want to do her. I've seen her rummaging through garbage looking like Marianne from Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, then Don gives her a serious look. I think he notices the same thing that we've noticed, either that she's always super sexy or... That she's taking all her stuff, and that's not a good sign. And I think Don Draper gets the significance of the JFK newspaper, and he and maybe even her are trying to decide whether this is something they really want to keep. Hmm. And are they willing to do what's necessary to make that work if they do decide that? Like even that that there was something of that flashing on Megan's uh, face when Don offered to come out. I was like, well, when are you coming out? And he said, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, I just, you know, sometimes I wish we could get away, you know, like to Hawaii or, mm. you know, I guess Denver <laughs> or wherever. Or a Hojo. A Hojo. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Las Vegas that we've talked so much about this episode. Yeah. You know, a different place where they're just not in either one of their business. But to me, mm. that's like, that's even worse because now... That's just... They're avoiding each other's home and meeting on neutral ground, the courted neutral ground. It's, I mean, even beyond that, it's just this Is fantasy this a marriage world they, or a Warsaw Pact? I don't know. <laughs> they, they can't live in that world forever. That's the real problem with it, right? Mm. I mean, they may be able to take a vacation together and, and get back that old romance, but... That doesn't last more than a week or two. No, the bi-coastal relationship is not working. The three-way did not solve any underlying oh, structural God. problems. Not at all. <laughs> not a lot of evidence of Megan's insecurity. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this... Because some people speculated that maybe this is it. Like, Megan's yeah, actually yeah. getting her shit, and she's like, she's moving... She's doing a stealth move out. Getting ready to call it off from yeah. L.A. She's going to bring up Don and say, oh, it's kind of like when we were watching justified and you know how Raylan's girl, uh, ex-wife Winona, Winona yeah. was like super cool leading up to the announcement that she's done. Yeah. Like she is at peace and strange. Everything was okay. And there's uh, no problems. And I wonder if there's a little bit of that, that Don's like a walking dead man here. 
He's Could exposed be. a lethal. He's gotten a lethal burst of gamma marriage radiation. <laughs> okay. And he's dead. He doesn't know it yet. Sure. Uh, Bonnie arrives back at the hotel with her dirty hobo feet. And Pete has already eaten, and he has work to do, and then Bonnie just lays out all of Pete's sins there. You're fucking up my vacation, Pete. Just the ones for this trip. I mean, if she tried to list them all, she'd be there. <laughs> you clean. live in a pit, number one, that's full of tar. I'm a realtor, and you still live in a pit. Like, come on. <laughs> these are my feet on its best day when I'm walking around <laughs> that goddamn tar pit you live in. Uh, he tries to make a move, and she turns him down. You can't fuck your way out of this, Pete. That's right. They bleep the fuck on my end. How about Speaking yours? of lethal re- radiation, Pete just got a Category 5 neutron F-bomb. Yeah, and I mean... No that, recovering. No that recovering was apparently that. it. I mean, next thing we see her, she's on a plane back to... Dunzo. L.A., so... Is yeah. this going to be a Draper-esque, uh, super bad fight that their marriage-slash-relationship can't survive, and next episode they'll be just fine? <laughs> A month later, they've made up. Uh, no, it felt pretty final to me with Pete sitting in the. Unlike Don, Pete can't fuck himself out of the situation. No, Don seems like he can always fuck himself out of a situation. Seems like it. Yeah. Uh, then Don shows up at the office, and Peggy uh, is in Lou's office now. Which, which, wait, I mean, we're skipping some subtext. Okay. He's choosing to spend yet another weekend away from Megan. She came out here. She's still here, we know, because we see her on That's the right. next scene flying no, you're out. That's absolutely right. He blew off her very already compressed short trip. To duplicate work. To do Yes. To do perfectly huh. good, acceptable work. And abandoning Megan for Peggy, his true flame. That part's <laughs> a little spin I put on Okay, it. yeah, and then we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, so Peggy thinks that he's trying to sabotage her and is kind of angry about that. Don sets her straight, and they start to work on a new pitch for Burger Chef. Yeah, when she said, you love this, and you said, not really, I think that means a lot of different things. Number one, you love seeing me flounder, not really. I think that's yeah. straight up. But also, Don does not like being in his position. He would much rather be back into his old creative director, full-powered self. Sure. You know, he's trying to weasel his way back there. Yeah, yeah. It's this is not his fantasy scenario. No, not by any means. Um, any, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else we could talk about in this scene. Because anything you can tell me about the I am curious yellow? Uh, it's another dirty movie. <laughs> uh, a lot of nudity in that one as well. I don't know anything is about this, it. Is this supposed to? Is this supposed to draw parallels between Megan and Bonnie? That mm, I don't know that. The Dunzoness of Bonnie and Pete's relationship is yeah. supposed to be, and and they're tied together through their love of dirty entertainment. <laughs> yes, and, and we can we can make an assumption. Bond. We can make an assumption based on that relationship going south that the Drapers is finally over because I think we kind of could. That... Megan's got a Dunzoe face on the plane too. Yeah, and the way that they close that curtain to first class. Seems definitive. End, yeah. black. That's a black curtain. Black as that is asshole. Very black curtain. That is as big and black as the hooker that uh, <laughs> what's his face slept with. <laughs> that Trudy's dad yeah. took down. <laughs> uh, it's the biggest blackest curtain I've seen in my life. Um, he also says that his method is just to abuse the people who uh, whose help he needs and then take a nap. I think that's pretty accurate to the Don Draper we've seen throughout the series, don't you? And, and that was why it was real funny. Yeah, yeah. Because we all know it's true. 
Um, I don't know what else I want to talk about there. Uh, I mean, this is just kind of leading up to them re reinvigorating this Burger Chef campaign. Um, so Bob proposes to Joan, and she completely shuts him down. Says, "You should be with a man." And she says, "I deserve love, and you do too." Yeah, compelling point counterpoint. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's something that I'm I'm glad that Joan is not just going to settle. Even if Joan never finds the love that she's looking for, I'm glad she's not settling, not making some arrangement, as she calls it. Yeah, it's funny because when this started, I was outraged because this seemed to be violating everything I knew about both characters. Yeah, that I was Bob, like, Bob's gay, right? Yeah, I knew Bob's gay. Yeah, but I, I, knew, I was questioning it during this scene. Like, I knew his motivation, that he's looking for the beard based on another conversation, but Joan, I'm yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? You know he's gay. Like, I was totally, yeah, yeah. and I even said, I was like, some of these things on Facebook when I'm doing my live watchings, I go through and, like, I'm in media, I'm in the middle of a comment. Like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Uh, I can't wait to see what Tom and Lorenzo have to say about this because they had the the classic fruit fly theory that, you know, Joan and Bob had this classic, you know, super gay guy and super hip girl and they just kind of get along. Yeah. And like, then I'm like, oh, wait, well, this is a... If if Joan goes in with this transaction, this arrangement is going to be with eyes open, and I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Tom and Lorenzo had a really good take, a fact that Joan has, like, a – her lips are a field test kit for homosexuality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she kisses him and immediately is like, you don't want this. Well, and they also had the scene back when everyone thought Sal was such a catch. Ah. And how there was one point where they – I think they were rehearsing a commercial or doing something like that or d- doing mock a commercial and Sal kissed her. Uh-huh. And she had this, like, dawning realization on her face. Huh. So it's like some kind of mutant ability. She kisses the man, and she can tell their level of <laughs> bend to them, their straightness or lack thereof. Sure. Um, so, and they built on that by saying that Joan was playing, uh, Christina Hendricks was playing Joan as if she was kind of flustered at the beginning, like, oh, shit, I thought I knew what was up about this, but maybe not. Maybe I need this serious. And then they kissed and it was done. Yeah, yeah. Like, nope, nope. He's definitely gay. Yeah, yeah. This this is something I'm steering clear of. And good for her. Sure. No, I'm, I'm glad it turned out the way it did. I understand why Bob did it. Yep. No disrespect. Uh, I think it would have made both of them unhappy. Yes. In the long run, honestly. Yes. Uh, so good on Joan for recognizing that and kind of, you know, forcing Bob into a position where he's might actually be a little happier. Uh, so then Don and Peggy are still brainstorming for the Burger Chef campaign. And Peggy's kind of, I guess, lamenting her life choices, lack of family, and Don sympathizes. And then they hear a song on the radio and they dance. It's a key that, you know, Don has said that you don't sell the client what they want. You sell them what you want and you make them see it from your perspective. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting how she was going through what she thought was a dead end about, you know, the wife, the mom burnt the rose, bent the fender. He's like, no, keep going to an absurd degree. And she's like, and, you know, Debbie's pregnant and Jimmy's drafted, but at least there's fries (laughs) on the table. Uh And how, like, you know, have you ever ate dinner with your family? What is, you know, this Lou's idea of this nuclear family, even back then, was starting to not be the norm. Yeah. 
It's um, it's like the Norman Rockwell Christmas. It's something that doesn't really like all these Christmas standards we listen to. Nobody roasts chestnuts on fucking fires. Exactly, nobody yeah. goes sleigh bell riding. Sure, it's these memories we have of a time that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I go. And I mean, doing it my way, the the Frank Sinatra song uh, makes a lot of sense in that context as well. I mean, there the the times are changing certainly. Um, and people are starting to make their own paths, not accepting just this life that is expected of them. Yeah, and that was... Uh, and it's, it's making some people miserable. It's making some people happy. Um, we can talk a little bit more about that at the end. But I think there's something more to the uh, Frank Sinatra. And uh, Molly, Molly Lambert over at Grantland is doing really excellent Mad Men reviews this year. Mm-hmm. And she even last week predicted this uh, Frank Sinatra connection. And apparently that was... Frank Sinatra really did not like that song, but it became kind of indelibly linked with it, and it led to his comeback. Because at this time, think about in the late 60s, early 70s, how corny Frank Sinatra's sound was. Sure. Like, he didn't change to adapt to the sign. He's not Madonna. He's not Cher. He's not fucking (laughs) U2. Yeah, blow up Woodstock here in a little bit. Yeah, he he's he's got this old classic sound, and this was kind of a a, a brief throwback slash comeback, mm-hmm. uh, where he kind of stepped outside of that corniness or was kind of admired. And I think that was interesting how Don said, "Do you think it's an accident this is playing? People are yearning to go back to that." Hmm. And then that's when they had that epiphany that you know it's the family table. Uh, Don and Peggy dancing. Yeah. A perfect scene. What do you think is going through Don's head? What do you think is going through Peggy's head? And then I'll tell you what I think. Um, She had just come up with the pitch for Burger Chef, the new pitch, being um, kind of Burger Chef is the place where you make the family you don't quite have uh, at home. And I think that's what's going through both of their heads. The, I don't think this is romantic. I think this is them just recognizing that they are the family – that they don't have at home, that they they formed a bond, and it doesn't have to be blood. It doesn't have to be actual family. It can be something else. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that said that this is a purely fatherly gesture when Don kissed her on the the head. Sure. However, Don had the "I'm confused and I'm not sure what's going on" look. Uh, you know, needled brow. When he was dancing with her, and then he ended up kissing her on the forehead. I actually think, and and you know, when I say I'm a shipper of Peggy and Don, it's not because I want this to happen. I just think this is where the storyline is heading. That's my prediction. Okay. And if it doesn't happen by next season, I'm prepared to eat a castle black amount of crow. Okay. A whole castle black worth of crow if I have to. But I just feel like that, like Anna Draper, he has got this intimacy with this woman that's not based on physicality but unlike Anna Draper um, you know they're in different points in their lives and they, they're in the same city and they're in the same profession and that there is I know I know Peggy's attracted to Don and I think Don is kind of waking up to an attraction to Peggy and that's what the look hmm. of confusion was on his face before he decided to kind of basically punt and uh, kiss her on the forehead to kiss her on the head yeah, maybe. I I feel like we can talk about it a little bit more in the final scene because that's where they really drive home 
this this other family. I point. also think that's where it drives the wedge between Don as the father. Yes, Don's the father, but Peggy's the mom. Yeah, well, I was that was going to be my question: Is Pete's Peggy the, the mom, kid. or are both of them kids? Yeah, because people are yeah, and I I sure. think that the the way they're sitting and all this was the way they're sitting certainly. So that implies if they're both the 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 mom and dad that the implies are coupled up. Sure, sure. Um, all right, let's move on to. Bonnie and Megan on the plane. They close the curtain. It's just a real quick shot, which we've kind of talked about. Then Cutler announces that Chevy has taken the XP away from them. Uh, Cutler says they should combat the bad news with an article about their new software and about Harry Crane, the newest SC&P partner. And God, Roger does not like that. Mm-hmm. They vote it through and Roger storms out. I don't like it either. Right. and it's But funny. only because Harry is Harry, <laughs> not because he's not vital to the company. <laughs> Uh, and this is not a good move. Yeah, I'm I'm dropping resistance to Harry's part, partner. Sure, I I see why. I will eat crow on that too. I still think he's he's super gross. <laughs> yep. Uh, but he is, as you say, he's been the forward thinking. He's the one that created this media department. He's the yeah. one that has been trying to suggest them get with the times and embrace computers and. To the extent that SCNP will survive, which I'm starting to have grave doubts, it's going to be on the back of what he's building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, ah, Harry, just Harry as Harry, white castles and plaid jackets and giant sideburns. I don't know if I can get behind Harry as a partner. He doesn't seem to have the same clout, I guess, as the rest of them. Uh, my thing is. If you're going to put him on the cover of some kind of advertising, you go get I I get it, it's the 70s and I I've got a tone deaf ear for fashion, especially the 70s fashion, but do some of them sideburns, do something, get him in a girdle. <laughs> I, I you, this guy is not the face. I mean, maybe he's got that nerd halt catch fire appeal that with the computer <laughs> paired he's with just the computer. 10 years too early <laughs> yeah right i mean maybe that's what they're getting it's like he's perfect he looks like a nerd hmm. we're doing his computers that's what we need but man yeah. he doesn't seem like the face of a franchise not really he seems like the face of two bags of white gas <laughs> <laughs> all that implies oh god uh joan goes to roger after he stormed out and tells him that bob is going to buick and then Roger connects some dots to McCann and then thanks Joan. All right. What's going on here? What assumptions is Roger making that I was unable to make here? You know, the downside of us putting this to the end of the episode is I've had a lot of Canadian club between the first <laughs> minutes of the podcast and now. Okay. And I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting all these thoughts together. I think that... Roger thinks that the guy knew that he was stealing Buick, that they, they knew SCP was going to steal Buick, and they mm-hmm. were making a play for Don based on that. Or he, it was a fishing expedition to see if Roger knew. Yeah. Uh, to see if he was, uh, the, the, in hindsight, it's like, oh, he was fishing to see what I knew, and I played perfectly stupid because I was. Mm-hmm. But. A lot of people think that he drew the wrong conclusion, but I don't see what wrong conclusion he could have drawn from this experience. So Roger's conclusion is that exactly what's happening. Frank will steal Buick, which is exactly what's happening. Yeah, yeah. 
That's a good thing because hmm. there's – I forget which of the guys' takes I read. Maybe it was on Reddit. Said that GM was such a monster at this time that yeah. any one of their brands was big, as big or bigger than all of Commander Tobacco put together. Yeah. Like, you know, if you had GM, holy shit. But Chevy, Buick, any of those were as big as those uh, as all those other things put together. Mm-hmm. So landing Buick would be huge. Not just a yeah. car, but Buick proper. As a brand, yeah. Yeah, and they made that point um, with Chevy back when they were talking about getting it. Like, this is a, the biggest deal we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, so much so that we have to join forces to even take it on. Right, right. And if they could get their hands into GM and yeah. all the government stuff and the military stuff and yeah. all the brand, that would be even bigger. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Don and Peggy meet Pete at Burger Chef to sell him on the new pitch. Then we have the family moment at the very end. Every table here is the family table. And okay, <laughs> is that a reference to something? That's or? that's what Peggy that said. Line? That's the pitch. Oh, okay. Every table here is. I think that's going to be the tag. Yeah, yeah. They're and they're making the family. Pete's bitching and moaning yeah. about mom's more specific and family's too yeah. vague, and he's like, "Back me up here, Don." And Don fully backs Peggy, and Peggy loves it. Yes, I mean that is. Pete is hitting the nail on the head here. Family to him, to Peggy, to Don is a very vague thing. None of them have it. None of them really understand it. Uh, but that's perfect. So, so them coming together under this banner of Burger Chef and becoming this little family makes perfect sense for them. Uh, there's a reference to Hemingway here and his, I don't even know if you call it a short story. It's like a few pages long. Uh, it's called The Clean, Well-Lighted Place, which is right. one of the lines that Peggy uses. In uh, fact, I think Pete lampshades that by saying, he okay, says, Hemingway, in yes. the beginning, when she first mentions it. Exactly. Um, and the, the the brief synopsis of that play is extremely relevant here. Or, or not that play, that story. Uh, it says, in the story, a suicidal, deaf old man stays up late at a cafe because it's a clean, well-lighted place that gives him an illusion of companionship and distracts him from the emptiness of his life so that he doesn't have to face despair. That's Pete to a T. <laughs> that is Pete. That's Don. That's Peggy. I think that's yeah. all of them. Right. Um, and then the story includes a waiter who also needs a clean, well-lighted place and who recognizes that many people suffer from the same problem. So that's all of them recognizing each other uh, in themselves there. And then it's, and it should also be noted in the story that Hemingway doesn't necessarily view the illusion and distraction as inherently bad. Um, the illusion might even be necessary in order to cope in an empty world. So a lot to think about there as far as how that story relates to Pete and Don and Peggy. And I think it relates very similarly to all of them, and that's kind of the point. And a beautiful tracking shot at the end as they pull slowly away from mm. the Burger Chef. And yeah, so warm and inviting and well-lit and clean on the inside. And, you know, it's a, it's a, a visible, sh- a literal shelter against the dark world outside. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. Is there a song that plays at the end? Probably. I did not even bother <laughs> to write it down. Neither did I. I'm sure we'll get emails about it if, if eh. uh, there, there, there was. There's a lot to sink our teeth into in this episode. Oh, I yeah. I think we did as well as can be expected. We probably got about 60% of it. I would, Again, <laughs> like this, this, is the one ep- this is the one show. Fargo's kind of like this, too. I talked about it, too. That I wish, you know, we always want to get the, the, the information out there as quick as we can. But, man, I wish I had to Wednesday. Yeah. To get everything. Yeah, I did at least 
two and a half hours of research today on this. Yeah. So I mean, you can just read and get default. And there's I got stuck in the Stonewall riots and read just for like an hour. Right. On those. Right. I think that there's. And there's some people, it's like funny, because we didn't even mention there's a Napoleon theory going around. Oh, God. We'll talk about that next week, Because the next sure. episode's called Waterloo. Yep. And there's this whole thing where they're reimagining the Napoleonic Wars as the last two seasons of Mad Men, and would Don mm-hmm. be in Napoleon, and, you know, what what we can learn about that. I think it's a it's it's Waterloo, so it's going to be someone's undoing, but the fact that Lou is in the title, uh-huh. uh, I think, here's what I think. I think that Lou is going to accuse Don of going off script mm. because Peggy and Je- Peggy and Don and Pete are all on board of this new pitch. This is not Lou has no idea. They're going to go in that no. client meeting and pitch this thing, and Lou's going to be like, "What the fuck? Where's my nuclear family? Yeah. Where's mom asking permission from dad?" And they're going to be like, "You're that's fired, cr- Don." That's going to be like, "Well, that's crap, Lou," and that's shit's going to break bad. Yeah, and we'll see where the partners stand on that when it happens. You interested in a new agency forming? We talked about this in the preseason. I no, not another. No, it's happened three times. I'm done. And and I was excited in the beginning to see like the young bucks going out to L.A. Unless there's only seven episodes, there's only eight episodes left. Fuck all that. I want resolution. I do not want something new spinning up. And it's amazing how quick my opinion has changed on that. But yeah, maybe if the initials are DP and it's Don and Peggy. And Pete. Uh, DP and P. DP and P. PDP. <laughs> All right. Uh, shall we do some pimping then? Yes, please. Hover has graciously agreed to sponsor the remainder of our season, and I'm here to tell you about them. Great ideas are just that until you decide to do something about it. Bald move? Why, it was just a glimmer in Gemini's eye until we made it real. And our literal first step to making that happen was to register baldmove.com. You want something catchy. You want something memorable to represent your online identity. Hover gives you exactly what you need to get the job done, helping you find the perfect domain for your idea so you can get started working on making it real. And hey, you don't have to be an expert to get one. If you're a first-timer, you'll love Hover too. The service is simple enough to use that you'll be comfortable figuring out yourself, and a support team is always ready to give you a hand with their no wait, no hold, no transfer phone service. Do you realize how rare that is in a tech company? Oh, my God. Best of all, if you use our exclusive Bald Move promo code GLP, you can get 10% off your first order. So jump on it. Do you love our podcast? Do we brighten your week? Please consider supporting us. Go to baldmove.com and click support to find out the many ways, many of which are at no cost to you, that you can help us create content and grow our network. And while you're there... Check out our other affiliates, Personal Arrogance, The Picasso Show, Up Yours Downstairs. We are ready and willing to drown you in content. All right, let's get to some feedback. We got a lot of it. Uh, some stuff from last week. Shep emailed in and said, you know what's much worse than Ginsburg's sliced nipple? Lou not washing his hands after dropping a deuce. He did run them underwater, <laughs> but I did not see any soap being dispensed. He must have been too distraught over the scout ridicule, but that's yep. still pretty fucking gross. Sure. What and then more he goes can, right to the tiki bar. What? No kidding. What more can the man do? I don't know. Not enough rum in the world to disinfect those hands. Oof. You need some soap on that shit. Rachel B. said, It's no rumor that Ginsburg's a Holocaust baby. He said it outright. He said that his dad isn't his real dad and he was adopted. He says that he was told that he was born in a concentration camp, but he doesn't understand how that's possible. 
I don't remember an episode, but that was when he was new. We actually talked about this. It happened. Yeah, yeah. He also said that he's from Mars. Yep. And that's why I'm saying it's a rumor that we don't have any hardcore evidence that he was a concentration camp baby. Sure. I don't take everything he says at face value. Right. Right. And, you know, it seems like the timeline can line up, but... You know, I, I, that, that's why I kind of classified it as as uh, more of a rumor. Amanda G said, "I had a tiny epiphany. What if Peggy takes Ginsburg in as her protege, so to speak, as Don took her in while she was in the hospital having a secret baby? Oof. The situation seems somewhat parallel. While Peggy was pregnant, people know something wasn't quite right, as do people with Ginsburg and his antics of late. So, so there's a difference between something not being quite right with Peggy and something not being quite right with the nippleless." Ginsburg. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Peggy wasn't having a psychotic break. Yeah. She was just deeply in denial about what was going on with her body and Pete's evil seed that was growing within it. Ugh. Yeah, Ginsburg seems a little too far gone at this point. Yeah. Like yeah. he should be in a padded room. Right. I don't think there's any hope for him coming back. Yeah, I'm just imagining Pete's baby growing inside you. How. <laughs> <laughs> How cold and daggery that must felt in your womb at all times. Ugh. It's like the devil itself. Rosemary's baby, in fact. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Chris W. said, Betty said, rum, what is it? How do you say? Rumaki? Rumaki, I think. Not Maki, you fucking idiots. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. He's actually very nice about it. Uh, Rumaki is bacon wrapped chicken livers, which is a very 60s, 70s mixture of cocktail parties. Uh, we had so many emails on that. Yeah. Uh, so many people at that and the whole uh, progressive dinner thing, which I had no idea was a thing. I'd never heard of it either. Uh, no less a personage than Gerilyn from the Vicage Show schooled us on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had we had a we had a, a lot of people emailing this, so thank you for everyone setting us Hicks from Indiana straight on that. <laughs> Uh, and we will move on. Lisa L. said, I was listening to your podcast on The Runaways, and it made me think how Mad Men used things that happened in the 60s to reflect characters' inner states. I thought back to episode or season 5 mystery date episode and the Richard Speck murders. Would the wiener use Speck's mass murder of young nurses to shadow Don's homicidal hallucinations? Add Minister to Ginsburg weirdo Cinderella Butler pitch and send Sally hiding under the table in fear. I think it's obvious... The obvious outcome of the Manson murders will be to send Megan back to Don in New York and possibly save their marriage. Hmm. Thematically, I bet the Manson murders were so shocking they signaled a cultural rejection of hippie ideals and a return to the conservative values and the last gasp of men like Don. I actually liked that theory until this episode happened. And now I... If she moves back to New York out of fear, it's going to just hasten the demise of marriage because she will hate living with Don. Sure. She's going to hate not acting, and that's what she wants to do, right? I parent, and, and Don's not going to have time or patience for her. Sure. Michael P. said, It took us three weeks, but the missus and I finally caught up on Mad Men. We started in season one, and here we are. Wow. That is a heroic in three marathon. Weeks? Yeah, that's, that's a lot of Mad Men. Anyway, why are they allowed to use and drop so many fucks and Breaking Bad and Walking Dead aren't? Just once I would like Carl to drop a Jesus titty fucking Christ. Maybe it's because Mad Men is such a superior show to Walking Dead, but Breaking Bad was only allowed one fuck a year as well. Insert marriage joke here. <laughs> I just don't get it. Maybe the violence in Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead impacts the number of fucks allowed. If that's true, we lived in fucked up times. Ding, 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 ding. 
You can show a dead person eating the face off another man, but God forbid we have a nipple slip or we say the word fuck or G hyphen D damn. Yep. This country is got, I mean, hey, we were founded by Puritans. It, yeah, it's fucked up. You take the most extreme, uh, uptight, religious people in Europe and you excise them and you put them on a different continent and this is the country that is born from that. Sure. So I make no apologies for it. It's just the way we are. Yeah. Um, he also says a few weeks ago, someone theorized that Don would kill himself by jumping to his death like the title sequence just as Neil Armstrong steps onto the moon. When Roger and his daughter are in the barn, they look through the broken roof at the moon and stars. Roger's daughter asks, do you think they'll really put a man up there? Roger says, with all the brain power around here, I think we'll definitely put a man on the roof. Probably means nothing, but holy shit. What do you think? Is this another sly reference to someone taking uh, a header? There's the so balcony? many of them. So many of them. Uh, sure. Th- they always are, right? Or we'll always read them that way at the very least. Maybe lose the man jumping off the ba- the balcony. I could get behind I'd that. I'd be totally okay with that. Or Pete. Pete could go, too. Pete, yep. Yeah, Harry, Harry could go. Yep. Yep. Uh, Cutler. Maybe they can all four hold hands. <laughs> sure. Thelma and Louise style. Brennan says, I know Harry Crane has been a bit of a joke character for a number of seasons, but I was a little taken aback by the various reactions to the thought of Harry Crane becoming partner, <laughs> especially from Joan and Roger. Yeah. Harry may be a cad, but he's been quietly saving the company again and again. After all, where would they be today if Harry didn't join the coup that formed Sterling coup over a weekend? But I do wonder if there's a bit of foreshadowing in Don's line of say what you will about him, but he's very loyal. I have a sneaking suspicion about Harry is going to be responsible for a major win on the Cutler side of the battle. Mm. Ah, he's a Don guy. Seems like it, yeah. I mean, his conversation in the bar last episode, he he seems like he likes Don. I also think that was a dig at Joan. Because he delivered that line looking right at her. Mm. Okay. You know, and all that implies. Sure. do Do you feel me on that? Yeah. Allison R. said, with all the talk of Lou Avery's groovy little tiki bar in Don's former office in the podcast lately, I had a little chuckle to myself of Pete's genuine delight when he complimented Lou on the setup. <laughs> Only Pete. But later on the episode, when Don meets Peggy in the office to work on Burger Chef, did you notice that two bright red eyes on the tiki idol lit up when <laughs> oh Don fixed God. them both a drink? This is some Brady Bunch shit Holy here. shit. You can it's see a possessed the, tiki bar. You can see the eye. Did they buy it at a garage sale? That's what I want to know. Me too, yeah. You can see the eyes illuminated in the background when the two discuss Peggy's disappointment with her life, followed by a creative revelation for the revised ad. How is it that this joke of a tiki bar thrust itself into the setting of what I was arguably one of the best scenes of the season leading up to Don and Peggy's slow dance? It gave me the chills and had me craving a pina colada at the same time. <laughs> That's some spooky shit. Glowing red tiki idol eyes? I didn't even notice. That's how people are going to jump out the window. Yeah. It's not the computer doing it. It was it was your constant exposure to this evil idol in Lou's office, Ginsburg. You're blaming the wrong thing. I guess so. Uh, moving on, Anthony S. Does Megan know how to cook anything other than salad and dried out spaghetti? <laughs> what <laughs> is that? What she's having for breakfast? Man, I don't know. I don't know what the whole spaghetti. There's a meme about spaghetti and Megan on Reddit, and it's one of those things where every once in a while, I don't get it. I don't get it. I know that's one of the things she offered to... To Don when they were at home. Well, it's also she offered it to Don's niece, Stephanie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She okay. goes... I mean, I think she offered, like, grilled cheese or spaghetti. Or... Sure. 
something like that, and she chose steak and then turned her nose up on it, and I'm rambling. Moving on to Allie Vinny, it's suspected, or I suspect that we'll la- this is the last we'll see of Megan. I think watching a flight attendant close the curtain like the first line of my way, and now the end is near, and so I reached the final curtain, was closing the curtain on Megan. Mm. Ooh, really good take. Yep. He had his last glimpse of her as he wanted to see her, although nobody can tell you what you want. Home, cooking, setting the table, shopping, but he knew it was fleeting. The ominous paper of Kennedy's assassination, which happened before Don's divorce from Betty, signals the end is near. If you're going along with the orange theory, they do drink orange juice during their last (laughs) breakfast together. Megan tells Don she wants to see him somewhere where they can be together, not New York or L.A., but sorry, Megan, you won't be seeing Don in heaven. Well laid out. Uh, Allison R. double dips. Oh, wait, no, sorry. I actually double dipped on the, the copy and paste there. Uh, that's all for the feedback we got this week. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, if you'd like to give us more, you can send it to madmen at bald move. I think everyone shot their wad on the rum Ramaki. I think so. Yeah. We got a hundred emails on that. No emails next week. Uh, you can send the email to madmen at bald Uh, you can always uh, participate in the semi live, uh, water cooler discussion on madmen on facebook.com slash bald move. You can holler at Jim on Twitter, at Bald Move. You got anything else to say, Jim? Are we going to talk about the next time on Mad Men for the season wrap-up? The next time on that was entirely clips of previous episodes? I couldn't believe it. I'm like... I think I saw Ken tap dancing. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, uh, no, nah, I mean, that's par for the course. Sure. That's the wiener's sec- you know, fetish of secrecy. Fetish of secrecy. Okay, that's the name for the next episode. There you go. <laughs> It's actually Waterloo, <laughs> uh, where we will see water and Lou, Poor but not Lou. on his hands. No, nope. mixed with soap. <laughs> All right, now I have nothing else to water say. Water poo on the next week. We'll see you in uh, seven days. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See you then. <laughs>